From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler by E. L. Konigsberg, Chapter 8, Part 2. Her hope centered more than ever on Box 847 in the post office, and the following day when they peeked through its little window, they saw an envelope. Claudia was prepared to be the discoverer of great truce, Greenwich's own heroine of the statue, and only 12 years old. Jamie was so excited that he could hardly get the key into the lock to open the box. Claudia waited while he opened it, and the envelope too. He held the letter unfolded and off-center so that they could read it together, in silence. Saxonburg, I have here attached a copy of the actual letter, which I have in my files. Dear friends of the museum, we sincerely thank you for your interest in trying to help us solve the mystery of the statue. We have long known of the clue you mention. In fact, that clue remains our strongest one in attributing this work to the master, Michelangelo. Other evidence, however, is necessary, for it is known that Michelangelo did not carve all the marble blocks which were carried for him and which bore his mark. We cannot ignore the possibility that the work may have been done by someone else or that someone counterfeited the mark into the stone much later. We summarize the possibilities as follows. 1. The work was designed and done by Michelangelo himself. 2. The work was designed by Michelangelo but done by someone else. 3. The work was neither designed nor done by Michelangelo. Our hope, of course, is to find evidence to support the first of these three possibilities. Neither Cordivi nor Vasari, Michelangelo's biographers who knew him personally, mention the master carving this little angel. They mention only the angel carved for the altar in Siena. However, in a letter he wrote to his father from Rome on August 19, 1497, Michelangelo mentions... I bought a piece of marble I kept to myself, and I am sculpturing an image for my own pleasure. In the past, experts have believed the image which he sculptured for his own pleasure must be a cupid. Now we must examine the possibility that it was an angel. The problem of angel has now become a matter for consensus. Four Americans, two Englishmen, and one German, all of whom are experts on the techniques of Michelangelo, have thus far examined the statue. We are presently awaiting the arrival of two more experts from Florence, Italy. After all of these experts have examined the statue, we will write a summary of their opinions, which we will release to the press. We greatly appreciate your interest and would enjoy your disclosing further clues to us if you find them. Sincerely, Harold C. Lowry, Public Relations, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Claudia and Jamie walked from the post office to Grand Central Terminal and sat down in the waiting room. They sat perfectly quiet, disappointed beyond words. Claudia would have felt better if the letter had been not been so polite. A nasty letter, or a sarcastic one, can make you righteously angry. But what can you do about a polite letter of rejection? Nothing, really, except cry. So she did. Jamie let her cry for a while. He sat there and fidgeted and counted the number of benches. She still cried. He counted the number of people on the benches. She was still at it. He calculated the number of people per bench. After the big blobs of tears stopped, he said, At least they treated us like grown-ups. That letter is full of big words and all. Big deal, Claudia sobbed. 
For all they know, we are grown-ups. She was trying to find a corner of her shredded Kleenex that she could use. Jamie let her sniff some, then quietly asked, What do we do now? Go home? What? Go home now? We haven't even got our clothes, and your radio is in the violin case. We have to go home absolutely empty-handed. We could leave our clothes. They're all gray anyway. But we never even used your radio. How can we face them at home without the radio and all? With nothing. She paused for a moment and repeated, With nothing. We've accomplished nothing. We've accomplished having fun, Jamie suggested. Wasn't that what you wanted when we started out, Claude? I always thought it was. Claudia began big tears again. But that was then, she sobbed. You said you'd go home after you knew about Angel. Now you know. That's it, she sobbed. I do not know. You know that you don't know, just as the pe people at the museum don't know. Come on, he pleaded. We'll enjoy telling them about how we lived in the museum. The violin case can be evidence. Do you realize that we lived there a whole week? Yes, Claudia sighed, just a week. I feel as though I jumped into a lake to rescue a boy, and what I thought was a boy turned out to be a wet, fat log. Some heroine that makes me. All wet for nothing. The tears flowed again. You sure are getting wet. You started this adventure just running away, comfortably. Then, the day before yesterday, you decided you had to be a hero, too. Heroine. And how should I have known that I wanted to be a heroine when I had no idea I wanted to be a heroine? The statue just gave me a chance. Almost a chance. We need to make more of a discovery. So do the people at the museum. What more of a discovery do you think that you, Claudia Kincaid, girl runaway, can make? A tape recording of Michelangelo saying, I did it? Well, I'll clue you in. They didn't have tape recorders 470 years ago. I know that. But if we make a real discovery, I'll know how to get back to Greenwich. You take the New Haven, silly. Same way as we got here. Jamie was losing patience. That's not what I mean. I want to know how to go back to Greenwich different. Jamie shook his head. If you want to go different, you can take a subway to 125th Street and then take the train. I didn't say differently. I said different. I want to go back different. I, Claudia Kincaid, want to be different when I go back. Like being a heroine is being different. Claudia, I'll tell you one thing you can do different. Differently, Claudia interrupted. Oh, baloney, Claude. That's exactly it. You can stop ending every single discussion with an argument about grammar. I'll try, Claudia said quietly. Jamie was surprised at her quiet manner, but he continued to be businesslike. Now, about this discovery. Jamie, I want to know if Michelangelo did it. I can't explain exactly why. But I feel that I've got to know, for sure, one way or the other. A real discovery is going to help me. If the experts don't know for sure, I don't mind not knowing. Let's get tickets for home. Jamie started toward the New Haven ticket window. Claudia stayed behind. Jamie realized that she was not following and returned to her and lectured. You're never satisfied, Claude. If you get all A's, you wonder where are the pluses. You start out just running away and you end up wanting to know everything. Wanting to be Joan of Arc, Clara Barton, and Florence Nightingale all in one. Claudia sighed. Then she got up and followed slowly behind her brother. But she was feeling too low to go home. She couldn't. She just couldn't. It just wasn't right. There were only two windows that didn't say closed. 
They waited a short while as the man in front of them purchased a red commuter's pass like the one that had brought them to Manhattan. Jamie addressed the man behind the counter and said, Two half-fare tickets for Farmington, Connecticut, Claudia broke in. To get to Farmington, you have to go to Hartford and take a bus, the ticket agent said. Jamie nodded to the man and said, Just a minute, please. He stepped away from the window, grabbing Claudia's arm. He pulled her away. Claudia whispered, Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. What about Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler? She lives in Farmington. So what? Jamie said. The paper said that her house was closed. Her New York house was closed. Can't you read anything right? You talk that way, Claude, and I... All right, Jamie, all right. I shouldn't talk that way. But please, let's go to Farmington, Jamie. Please, can't you see how badly I need to find out about Angel? I just have a hunch she'll see us and that she knows. I've never known you to have a hunch before, Claude. You usually plan everything. I have, too, had a hunch before. When? That night they moved the statue and I stayed in the washroom and didn't get caught. That was a hunch, even if I didn't know it was a hunch at the time. Okay, we'll go to Farmington, Jamie said. He marched to the ticket window and bought passage to Hartford. They were waiting at track 27 when Claudia said to Jamie, That's a first for you, too. What is, he asked, buying something without asking the price first. Oh, I must have done that before now, he answered. When? Name one time. Can't think of it right now, he thought a minute, then said, I haven't been a tightwad all my life, have I? As long as I've known you, Claudia answered. Well, you've known me for as long as I've known me, he said, smiling. Claudia said, I've been the oldest child since before you were born. They enjoyed the train ride. A large portion of it went over track they had never seen before. Claudia arrived in Hartford feeling much happier than she had since they received this morning's mail. Her self-assurance had returned. The Hartford station was on Farmington Avenue. Claudia reasoned that they could not be far from Farmington itself. Why take a bus and worry about which stop to get off? Without consulting Jamie, she hailed a cab. When it stopped, she got in. Jamie followed. She told the driver to take them to the house of Mrs. Basil Lee Frankweiler in Farmington, Connecticut. Claudia sat back in a taxi at last. And that, Saxonberg, is how I enter the story. Claudia and Jamie Kincaid came to see me about Angel.